Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Show Me Potato Salad podcast. This show is brought to you by our good friends over at Clinkstone Brewery. I'm one of your hosts, Jordan JJ Layden. With me today, we have Callum Loopy Smith. How are you doing? We also have Ewan Junior Smith. Morning. And last but certainly not least, we have Keith, no nickname, Reddick. What's that Later on the show, we have Australian international and Hibs winger Martin Boyle joining us. But before all that, we'll have a wee chat about a wee crisp debate that we'll have. Operation Varsity Blues documentary and racism in football. And round off the show with our salad dressings of the week as always. Make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date with the podcast. Follow, like, share and subscribe and let us know you're listening and also how we're doing. Also, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating just to help with the algorithm. Five-star. Big five-star. Five right. On to the first topic mm. of the week, boys. So mm. I had this debate with the wife earlier and we were, chat- we were chatting crisps, as we do. And we did, pillow talk. Uh, yeah, great pillow talk. We got, on, we got on to the topic. We went and bought barbecue, barbecue Pringles and she, she was like, oh, this is a controversial one. But I think the barbecue Pringles are better than salt and vinegar. Yeah, in the fucking is, bin. I think yeah, salt yeah. and vinegar see, Pringles like, are the I'm worst not Pringles. A, I'm, definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely not a massive Pringle guy, but if I was going to choose a Pringle, it would be the salt and vinegar ones. No, salt and vinegar mm-hmm. is the worst Pringle type. No. Yep. No. no. I think salt and vinegar is the best Pringle this is type. Pity Pity is the best. Sour cream. <laughs> get in the bin if you're having sour cream i'd pick that any day over salt and vinegar but pity pity is the best any any cheese and onion crisp is rank rotten rotten. no i don't i don't don't stand by that you get these sour cream and chai pretzels and they are the bomb but we're not talking about fucking pretzels we're talking about crisps (laughs) they make a crisp sound (laughs) yeah they make the same But they're not a fucking crisp with a pretzel. Yeah. So you you're telling me you don't eat cheese and onion crisps, you just eat cheese and onion pretzels. The fucker That's... eats twiglets. Yeah, I'm eating some, <laughs> I'm eating, I'm actually eating some twiglets right now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm I'm generally on my screen right now. I have a like a tier system of crisps that someone else has rated. Do you want to know where twiglets are sitting? Shit, shit tier. Shit tier. Shit, they're not even tier. Uh, there's not a crisp, it's not even a crisp. That's a confectionery, or whatever the fuck a word is. Con- confectionery, <laughs> confederate from the- <laughs> that's just a fucking snack. It's a what if eat something that tasted like a fucking branch? I'd walk out into my garden and go and take a bite have. out of a tree. Do you want to know what's what heavily have at fucking like candle parties and shit? It's twiglets <laughs> in a bowl with cheese and stuff like that. Yeah. What's it called? The little wheel parties. The little wheel. A lazy Susan. The wheel with her. Lazy Susan. That's a very chat. They're fucking cubes of cheese. Cubes of cheese. They're fucking pickled onions and shit. The cheese hedgehog. Keith's definitely got one of those. Keith's a single male and definitely has a lazy Susan. Whilst I'm hosting Avon parties <laughs> by yourself, Tupperware and Avon parties, Tupperware parties as well. Do you remember Tupperware parties? <laughs> <laughs> just so go around just selling boxes. Do you know what? Do you want to know what was funny, Keith? So just the other day, I was chatting away at my mum for some reason about like cutlery and whatnot. Yeah, and. The- <laughs> She was like, oh, I've had these Jamie Oliver plates for years. I got them at Sheila Riddick's. Yeah! You used to come around with your mom, but we just used to bugger off upstairs and just like go play Xbox or something while they're all buying plates and Tupperware boxes. 
those, what the fuck? Those plates are for real, though. They're, you can get a good for amount real. of food on those bad boys. Yeah, they're, they're good plates. Yeah, they're good plates. Good plates. There's some good gear going <laughs> around at those meetings. We've gone a bit <clears> off topic. It was always yeah. a you just moved this well off topic. Right. Tupperware okay. parties instead of crisps. Give us, give us your top five. Each of you is top, top five. five. Top five. Fuck, top five. Uh, I'm going to have to think of another one now because my pretzels don't count. Right, I'll go. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. Right. Five. So, fuck Monster me. Munch Flaming Hot. Shut the fuck up, Junior. Monster Munch Flaming Hot is well up there. Um, I'll go. See, can we, can we pick ones that aren't out anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, is it Phileas? Is it Phileas Fog? Had like a barbecue type ones that were fucking amazing. I'd then probably go. Have you heard the McCoy's Muchos, the cheese ones? Yeah. No. Nope. Have you not had that? Oh my god, you need to get on this. I don't eat much crisps nowadays. I don't really care if you do. Shut up. <laughs> it's my list. It's my list. I'm I'm I'm, I'm deep in my list here. The oh, you're only the Papadom. The <laughs> the Papadom. I don't no, know. But if pretzels aren't being counted this here, Papadoms are definitely not being counted. I'm sorry. No, it's a pop. It's not an Pop-a-dum actual Papadom sensation. It's a Papadom, Papadom sensations crisps. They're just small Papadoms. No, it's not Papadoms. They're a crisp. No, they're what, crisps. what flavor? The mango they ones. Look, they're crisps. Yeah, the mango chutney. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they're they're crisps. There's crisps that look like Papadoms, and then the last one. I don't know if you are going to like me for this one, but prawn shells like skips. Oh, skips yeah, are dynamite. Skips are yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. I thought I thought that was gonna be a. I was wondering where you were going with the prawn shells, but when you said skips, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, like, so you, you, I don't, don't think crustaceans don't... are going to feature on this list very heavily. <laughs> you don't get uh you don't get big bags of skips, so they you just get the Tesco's on their prawn shells. <laughs> I don't really. Uh, I'll go. Right, away. The wee corner shop. Wee corner shop next to me sells big bags of skips. Callum's looking. Callum eats a lot of fuck. I eat a lot of crisps. Callum looks like he's ready to go. So, Callum's got his list ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go number one. Quavers can't beat them. Simple. Uh, right, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Simple Callum. and easy. Callum, what do you do with your quavers? I don't do it all the time, but you can dip them in melted white chocolate and they taste <laughs> fucking phenomenal. That's the most bogging behavior I've ever heard of. Shut up, you eat fucking yeah, twiglets. That's <laughs> that absolute. So, quaver, that, is number one. Be- that is shocking behavior. Number two, I'm going to go with salt and vinegar squares. Okay. Three, oh, okay. I'll give you that. They one. really strong. Three, I'm going to go with nice and spicy knickknacks. Oh. You bastard. Oh, I'll give you that. Do you, do you like the ribbon saucy, though? Oh. I'm not finished. They're going to come in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. Um, what was that? Three was that three? Four? That was your third. Four would be pickled onion monster munch, mm-hmm. and five would be tied with either the ribbon saucy knickknacks or the scampy knickknacks. Scampy knickknacks. Would knick-knack. be my five. A scampy knickknack. I've I've not even heard. I've not even looked to buy that. I've heard they come in the multi pack. They come in the multi pack. They're like a yellowy greeny packet, but. He didn't scampy. I'm just like, nah, nah, I'm not having that in a crisp. That's no, that's no crisp material. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm, I'm gonna go knickknacks, the spite the nice and spicy ones. Uh, the pickled onion monster munch. I call Bobby. Number three, I'm gonna go Walker's ketchup flavored crisps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 
they're fucking wicked. So when you say that Pringles took out uh, ketchup ones and they were dynamite, mm-hmm. but then they were, they were done. It's fucking shit. Uh, Unreal. Four, I'm going to go discos. Oh, discos. And then. Fuck, are you 12? <laughs> we got one P mix up. <laughs> I bought the Panda Pops. Tux, your tuck shop at school. <laughs> and then five, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Watsits, but the the flaming hot Watsits. Oh, Sorry. good shout! <clears throat> they're they're on, the giant ones are the normal <clears throat> ones. Excuse Just me. the normal ones. Just fucking open the packet and pour them in. Fucking <laughs> job done. Open wide. <laughs> Right. My fat mouth's big enough to get them in. See, boys, this is a this is a tough top five for me because I eat a lot of crisps. Yeah, you know, a lot. And eat them by the fucking packet load. And, and it's really, really difficult to narrow it down to five. <laughs> uh, Callum's I just think, tying stuff just so he can get more in. Yeah, I know. Just so it's a tie. Win. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a top five tied. Um, <laughs> uh, I think Flame and Hot Monster Munch definitely are featuring in this list. As to exactly which number they're in, I don't know, but they're definitely in there. Um, also, I, I, a crisp I quite enjoy is a frazzle. You ever had a frazzle? Oh, good shout. Frazzles are not tremendous. They are so good. That's some, for, that's some tuck shop material yeah. there. Like like, frazzles leave a really awful taste in your mouth. Nah, after they're incredible. Them. And you forget all about them until you see them in a shop. The package still looks like and it's And then from you the resent forgetting 90s. all about them. Oh yeah, I, I don't I think them. it's changed since it was first oh, created. The package still looks old. I have them in par with like uh, the what's the? Is it, it's not matchsticks. Where are the chipsticks? Oh, oh the chipsticks! Chip salt and yes. vinegar chipsticks. Yes. Chipsticks yeah. with L- no, extra no, vinegar. Mm. With extra mm. vinegar. Extra <laughs> vinegar. <laughs> Dip them in chocolate as well. You mutant. No, probably rude because it's salt and vinegar. And what else? What am I on two now? I'm on three. You're on three. You're on three. God, this is difficult, boys. This is one of the most difficult decisions I've ever made. Do you want us to play some elevator music while you yeah, fucking make your choices? I think, I think we might need it. <laughs> okay, since he's thinking, how many? You can't just go and have one packet of crisps. Oh no, never. No, you need like two or three. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah, you 100%. don't. Who the fuck buys multi packs nowadays? You just buy a bag. Big bag in a bowl. Done. I take multi packs to work. Crisps, but um. Oh God, boys, this is tricky. Well, Keith's thinking, <laughs> do you remember Tangy Toms that you used to get for 10 from the tuck shop? You remember Salt and Shake as well? Salt and Shake. The crisps you had to make yourself. But, yeah, but then you fucking couldn't find the salt shaker and then by the time you finished all the crisps to find it, it was fucking at the bottom. Just the plainest Calum, bag of crisps. Calum's, Calum's enough of a cheap cunt. He just steals the salt for home, doesn't even use it. <laughs> What's that? Hi, Kim, shit. we're having chips tonight. Don't don't put that in your fist yet. <laughs> <laughs> Opens his drawer and it's just a bunch of fucking blue packets. Or something My name's not fucking packet. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> right, so boys, I think. Oh, <laughs> actually, right, he doesn't listen. listen. It's good. I'm so stuck here. Lads. I'm so stuck. It's fucking episode. I think. Uh, do you know what? A mini, a mini cheddar's got to be up there for me. That's not crisp. Well, it's not crisp. It's not crisp. Why are you making it difficult? You've got 30 seconds and we're cutting you off. That's a cracker. I think think, um, cheese Doritos are up there, but I flick between like the cheese Doritos. I go through phases of liking them most and I will go through phases of liking Cool Original most and I'll go through phases of liking the Chili Heat Waves. Although they did come out with with cheese and Tabasco ones, which were absolutely unreal. And I can't find them anywhere now. 
the chili heatwave ones and you go and put the cheese dip in the micro, oh, oh. unreal. Yeah, unreal. I would say the Doritos, the Doritos cheese and Tabasco that they did were incredible. They try and do the cheese and flaming hot ones now, but I think they're a bit rancid. Um, My problem with Doritos is they make your hands smell for fucking hours afterwards. You eat the crisps. Yeah. And then what have I got coming up next? Well, you wash your hands, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> or lick them, save all the cheese dust on your fingers. <laughs> You're a right fat yeah. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have I got? Right, number five, number five. Number five, number five. Number five. On, moving on, moving on. You've dragged this out long enough. I have, I have. It's really difficult. It's really difficult. I would go with probably those um, pop on crisps as well because I didn't think I could include them on the list, but they are dynamite. Like they're, you're, you're through good. a pack of them before you even know you've opened it. It's because there's yeah. nothing in them but fucking air. I wish yeah. they had a little bit more taste. <laughs> I, I rate them ever so slightly. Ever so yeah, slightly. Just a little but... bit more taste. And then. Right. That's, that's your that's five. Is that, that's five? Five? Is that five? Is that me? I'm yeah, done. That's your five. No, there you Boys, go. You're done. done. That was tense. That was really tense. Right, we might pull up on Instagram. But if tell us, tell us your favorite. Give us, give us a wee message. Slide into the DMs and tell us your favorite crisp. Yeah, I can guarantee there's probably terrible ones in there, but there must be ones we've forgotten about. I can guarantee it. Space Raiders. Anyway, Space Raiders. I was going to mention Space Raiders. That was going to be the one I was going to mention there. but my I was going to mention Roysters as well. But Roysters, good shout. Roysters were a good gin. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone on long enough. About swiftly, this. swiftly, swiftly. So, boys, anyway, on to you, Keith. On to yeah. you. I just finished watching a documentary and it was one of those like time fillers. So, you know, when you're like, you're sitting, you've got like an hour or two, you don't really know what to watch. So, you're flicking through, looking for something to put on. Netflix comes up with a belter and you're like, ah, oh, I might as well just chuck it on and see what it's all about. Like I got hooked in by the whole trailer um, and it's, it's uh, it's called Operation Varsity Blues. And it's, it's actually the same guys that made Tiger King and the okay, documentary fuck. on the fire festival as well. Um, you know, the that festival that didn't, the, the biggest festival that didn't go ahead uh, yeah. that one. So they made that one too. <laughs> and it's basically about this absolute scumbag who was, Basically, like they, he called it like a side door entrance into universities and, and American colleges. So, like in, in America, as we all know, like there's this huge prestige around which college you went to. And, you know, I went to Harvard, so I'm better than you. And, and all these kind of things going on. So, like, parents will pay ridiculous amounts of money to try and get the kids to these schools. So, like, this, there's like two main ways they were saying that you can get into school. One is just by being really smart or getting a scholarship. Or what they have is like the back door sort of way in, which is basically like your parents donate, like, 50 million to the unit to the college um and then but that still doesn't guarantee your place in and then that's where this guy comes in uh, is, is his name's um uh, rick singer so like he was like a college advisor kind of guy so like people would go to him get advice on what they need to do with their exams and what courses they should take and all these things to get into these different schools and then he cottoned on to some sort of enterprise and it's basically he was like backdoor paying like the head of like sports and stuff for all these unis he was like paying them off to basically he was rigging people's applications for stuff he was just like saying they played like water polo when they'd never been in a swimming pool in their life and like photoshopping them in a swimming pool playing water polo he was getting like he was getting the parents to like get them in their back garden pool with like a water polo stuff and like sending all these all this into all these universities and colleges and stuff and getting the kids into, into college 
um, and it, it, he got caught up and then there was like loads of celebrities and stuff were caught in it as well that got like jail time and stuff. Uh, I think one of them looked like it was Mark Hamill's um, partner, you know, the guy who plays Luke Skywalker. And yeah, yeah. she got pulled into it all because she got her daughter into it. There was a few other actors, like high-flying businessmen, all these kind of things. And it's just nuts what this guy was up to. And he was like paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to these like people. Um, and they were all paying like him loads and loads of money as well. And he just like was just he'd been doing it for like 25 years. <laughs> Absolutely insane. And getting away with it. Getting away with it, yeah. I like entirely getting so away what, with it. So what would then happen if like these people then went to the school and they go, Hold on, you can't well, even swim. So the way the way they got around it was <laughs> I can't swim. And it, for like I think it was LSU was the one where he had like the uh, the um the sports basically director woman like in his pocket. So like she uh, would go to like the sports panel meetings where they would decide. So like one day they'd be deciding on which football players they would they would take in the uni, so or college, sorry. And they would sit and she'd like present this person, and then you know they kind of debate about it, debate about it, and then they would put them through as like a walk on. So like they weren't guaranteed a spot on the team, but you know how they have like walk on trials and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So they would get in as say like a water polo player. Oh, and he also had some of the coaches in his pocket as well. So the coach would be like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, this person's amazing. Definitely take them into the uni." Uh, and uh, so they would just like turn up to college, not show up to the trial. And then they were, in the, they were in the college and they, they were in the college because they yeah. got into college for, for being a sportsman. They just didn't show up to the walk on trial and then they were still in the college. And like, <laughs> it, it was nuts because some parents were doing it so that the kids didn't find out. And um, some kids knew they were like getting, you know how they have to sit like SATs and stuff like that, basically yeah. like yeah, yeah. flat, just quest like questions and stuff to decide if you're smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they would like, he had this guy who was basically able to just sit these tests and sit them to a capability where he could just basically answer all the answers you needed to get a certain score and they would fly them to a different city he would get the parents to put their kids in for like a a kind of extra time assessment you know how like kids who maybe have mm-hmm. like uh, you know sort of need the extra time in exams and things yeah, like, like learn dyslexia like all these kind of things yeah, yeah 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 like they've got like dyslexia or adhd or something like that and they need extra time in exams so he would get the parents to put their kids for assessments and like there was all these calls are recorded and he was like telling the parents like yeah yeah just tell her to act not as smart as she actually is um (laughs) and and so they would get exercise from their assessments they would go to a different city he would get this guy to go in and sort of like basically invigilate for the exam so if you've got extra time you put your answers on a different sheet and then they would take that sheet and the guy would then fill out the answers on the real sheet and like change <laughs> the answers and stuff and then submit it. Oh, like, it was nuts how deep this went. Like a fucking full on <laughs> absolutely mental process. Yeah. And he was like, depending on which college you were trying to get into, depending on how much you had to pay him and all these things. And his thing was, was that he could guarantee you that you could get your kid into that college at a fraction of the price of what you would pay to try and get them in the back door. And if you try and get them in the back door with a huge donation to the college, you might not even get them into the college. Yeah. So you can kind of see why people were doing it. But at the same time, you're like, all those kids that actually deserve to go to that college. Fuck. Like, it's nuts. <laughs> Absolutely Crossed nuts. Americans to be sketchy as fuck. It's mad. That whole, the whole education system just seems <clears throat> mental. Um, and what they were yeah, saying about like, it. There's the, the, put so much on like sports compared to actual but yeah. well, also academia. it's like well they, they put such such a precedence on like which college you go to as well yeah 
Like mm-hmm. what they were saying was was like the I can't remember. I think it was the New York Times or something. They were saying started like ranking the colleges in America, but it was all based off of like prestige. So worldwide, yeah, if if you made your college really <laughs> difficult to get into, it was seen as being really prestigious, even though necessarily the education you would get from it wasn't be any shit. better than anywhere else. Yeah. So you automatically started going up the list, um, and then. And that's kind of where a lot of it transpired from. And what they were also saying was, was that the colleges that were involved in this scandal, if anything, their prestige went up because people were seeing that, oh, these, these high flyers are doing all this and doing all these illegal things yeah, just to try and get, get the kids to this, this school. Yeah. This must be a really good school. And it's, it's just mad. <clears throat> Fucking stupid. Absolutely <laughs> mad. That's like just, mental. It's, yeah, that's just and it's just it was America. the photoshop and the pictures America. and stuff like that and he was like he was honestly he was speaking to some of them and and it was like conversations like oh have you got any pictures of them playing sport and i can just photoshop them to make it look like he's a kicker for a college football team and the guy's like he doesn't even play football he's like yeah it doesn't matter like it's nuts absolutely nuts it's funny though like you think of america you're like a degree is a fucking degree. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. it's, st- it's still the same degree. It doesn't matter what school you were at. Exactly. It's still like the same degree. Yeah. And, Just because of the title behind UCLA or something like that. Is like, them, oh, yeah, that? you hear them go like, oh, Harvard graduate and Yale graduate. You're like, yeah. it doesn't really matter where you graduate. It's, it's like, doesn't make them better as well when it comes to like, when you think of like no. Oxford and shit like that, it's quite similar Yeah. in that but- retrospect. I suppose they're they're longer standing though, which is why I think a lot of their reputation comes from in that, you know, they've been going for years and you know, hundreds of yeah. years. Um but it's it's honestly if you've got I, I can't remember how is long that it was. An, it wasn't is that on Netflix. Long. It's on Netflix, yeah. I'm sure it was Netflix. It's not particularly long either. <clears throat> Look, I've not even heard it. Is it new? I don't know. It just That's popped up. It's the first time that... it's the first time I've seen it on there. You look I at the yeah, and that the documentary quite a lot, and then it, it's not something I've seen. Yeah, I think but it like might be look, quite new. You look at the name, and that wouldn't grab me to watch it. That pisses me no, off a bit a lot. Me maybe. neither. But it was just you know when you're flicking through Netflix and you see the trailers for absolutely yeah. every single film ever, and it <laughs> popped up, and I was like, I couldn't be bothered getting into a film, and I couldn't think of a series I wanted to watch. So I was like, and it just popped up. I was like, well, that looks interesting, and it was. <laughs> maybe we maybe need we maybe need to have a chat about documentaries maybe one of these weeks because yeah. there's so many on mm-hmm. there's so many on netflix that i could go through because it's straight away there when you're chatting there i started thinking about what's the one with the cat oh don't fuck, don't with, fuck cats. with cats don't fuck that with one's cats. fucking mental <laughs> yeah is that the one so, about the women throwing the cats in the bin no no no, no. So, let's keep this for another week keep, keep, it, yeah. we'll keep it for another week next week yeah, let's keep it for another week because, yeah, we could go down an absolute fucking rabbit hole there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but anyway, move, moving on a little bit, we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of go on a topic that's kind of not related to a guest as such, but it's about football. But uh, we'll, we'll have a wee chat about racism in football. And the reason I'm bringing this up this week, the uh, Rangers player Glenn Kamara was. Well, at least he said, I, I would believe him as well. You see it. They, they were playing Slavia Prague in the Europa League on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And you see the Slav, Slavia Prague player goes up to Glenn Kamada. And you can see him. He covers his covers his mouth up with his hands and obviously says something in his ear. And straight away, you see Glenn Kamada, like, 
get heated. There's a quote of what he said. It's absolutely disgusting. Absolute disgusting. But you know what? You can see him go up. You see Glenn Kamara get pissed off. And then I think there was, I think possibly one of the other guys, I think it was, I think it's Connor Goldson that it, I think he's possibly heard it as well, or at least then Glenn Kamara's told him mm. what he's, what's just been said. But you see, he gets so heated, and you could almost tell straight away. Yeah, he's just said something racist. But, do you know what backs up the fact? What backs up the fact that probably was racist was that um, somebody I then saw somebody posting some comments under something that somebody had posted, and it was from the fans of that team, and they were just posting like lines and lines and lines of banana emojis. That you area of football is ridiculous. The thing that pisses me off more is the fact that it came from another fucking footballer and yeah. not a fan. When it Absolutely comes to when it's when you see like footballers are always fighting against racism and stuff like that, and they're all coming out going, it doesn't belong in sport, which fucking yeah, it doesn't. But the fact that another footballer went up and said it to him is ridiculous. Yeah, even rancid. more so than a fan shouting it. I think that's more down to where they're from as well. So, like, yeah, one hundred percent. But fuck, like we're on, saying, man. that area of of the world, like their ultras that follow the, the football teams, they're absolutely disgusting with the way they act with racism. It's ridiculous. No. Um, the, the so thing, it doesn't surprise me with the me, players either. The thing that also gets me is <laughs> I'm not a Rangers fan, but Slavia Prague should just get kicked out of. Yeah. yeah, any competition like they they need to start if they want to make actually, it serious. They start they punishing make, the folk that they, do it, but they need to start punishing it harder. Like yeah. this is mm-hmm. this is a serious offense. Start punishing it. Like yeah. it just seems like that. No, there's been times where there's been racist stuff, and it's like, oh, all we're going to do is you play behind closed doors, and you're like, mm-hmm. the fuck well, does what that difference do? is that like, make? Yeah, generally Next week start hitting fans them back when it hurts. Again. Yeah, who, who was it? And I know this is totally unrelated, but I'm sure there was a footballer, and it happened to, and someone from the crowd threw a banana at him, and he opened it and took a bite of it, and that is the biggest power move I've ever seen by somebody. I mean, the fact that the fan this did it is absolutely disgusting, as well, but it is the, the biggest, the biggest power move that I have ever seen. It's just, and I can't, I, I can't remember who did it, but it was just like it was at a corner. It was the way yeah, it was a corner, corner kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, uh, it was Danny Alves. It was Danny Alves. Yeah. I mean, it's disgusting behaviour for the person to do it, but what a power move by him. I agree 100% they need to start coming down on it harder. Like, even find the player, ban him for a certain length of time, kick the team out of the tournament. Yeah. I would say, like, that. that's... And yeah. then their fans will go, oh, it's fucking ridiculous. It's not really fucking ridiculous when yeah. your person's just being racist towards another fucking footballer. Yeah. Like, and, it, just and, shouldn't, and... it just shouldn't be tolerated. Why? No. It's just like, oh, it's just a wee fine here and... No. You just no. do not tolerate it. Like, yeah. it's, it's it a simple, a every simple other solution. Well, do but... not fucking tolerate it. Mm-hmm. Belongs nowhere it just, sport it, it, it belongs nowhere at all. Yeah. At the end of the day, yeah. though, it's, it yeah. comes down to money. Like, you think of it, like, they go and ban that, they find that one player, they've got money, he comes back the following week, he potentially does it again, it's another fine. Mm-hmm. You, you throw that, that team out of the competition, you throw that team out of the league, you ban them for however many games, that's less revenue for one that club, it's less revenue for the league, it's less revenue for pay, uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's to try and get back yeah. into the league. That's what I'm saying, it comes down right. to money. It's like money in politics, that's, so that's what, what it will be. Yeah, but that's the thing, that's that's their own fault. Just take mm-hmm. in another yeah. team. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they're out, that's it. Simple as that. Like, yeah. they're out, they're done, 
the next team in the league, right? We'll yeah, take you and drops the, in into yeah. the competition next year, or we'll take it from another country just, or what, whatever. Like too sensible for just proper, properly just have a bail down just, on it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely oh. throw the book at them. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it just it just should not be happening. Especially today's day and age, it just shouldn't be happening. And it yeah. you see it happening too often. Too too often. And it's brutal. It's absolutely like I seen it after the game. The guy, Glenn Kamara, was obviously pretty upset about it. You seen Steven yeah. Jarrett giving him a hug and everything. You're like, fuck me. Like this guy's just yeah. turning up to his job to play football. Yeah. yeah. Like but could you imagine the... turning up to your job and <laughs> someone's giving that. you this abuse? Like yeah. It's Fuck disgusting, me, like, absolutely disgusting. Even yeah. today, Scott Brown from like, yeah, Celtic went across mm-hmm. the halfway line during the warm up and went down to him and acknowledged him, kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, which which yeah. doesn't it happen in old firm games. No, it was it was actually good to see today because they'd done like a stand up to racism and they all mm-hmm. instead of taking the knee, they taking all the like knee, yeah. stood up, even like the people and know the subs and stuff and the coaches and stuff they all mm-hmm, stood up mm-hmm. and done all that because to stand up against it too yeah. fucking right it's, yeah we're we're in uh 2021 it shouldn't even be a thing anymore yeah, yeah most definitely. but it's funny this this reminds the, the, the this reminds me that... of uh sorry, sorry Kate, Tony, no no, no well all I, uh, the only thing i was going to add to that was that, you know <laughs> the, the 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 problem doesn't get fixed by you know People just going, oh yeah, that's that's a good move. You know, the problem gets fixed by people actively not putting up with that from from all areas of life. You know, it, yeah. it comes from it comes from people. You know, if you see or hear it around you, putting a plug in it. It comes from you know, it, it's 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 something that everybody needs to do more about in order to stop. I do kind of wish that Rangers just walked off the pitch and just went. No, nah, would be the first time it's happened. No, it happened not too long ago. What was it? It was only maybe about a month ago PSG walked off and just went, no, we're not playing. Yeah. And Fucking that's the stuff that needs to happen. Like, it mm-hmm. just needs to... Yeah. That's, a, that's a big fucking... And, fuck and that needs to be supported as well. As well. That yeah. that move needs to be supported and that, yeah, fine, perfect. Yeah, by the, yeah, by the higher-ups, they need to go like, yeah, because yeah. yep. that, so that's that what happened. Big right. the league, that's the what happened. That you're not doing anything against it. I'm not, pay, I'm not playing for you guys to get revenue in for folk to pay to watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, as you say, that team gets kicked, they get the points. That's it. But this this remind it reminds me of you boys who have watched uh, Rick and Morty, and mm-hmm. there's the there's the episode in Rick and Morty where they go to a different planet and it's snakes that run the planet. Yeah. And then they they they, they go at the planet and then come back years later and there's this war going on. And they're like, oh, why are all these snakes having this war? And they say, oh, it's because of all the different colors and they're fighting against different colors. And like I think as Rick goes. How ridiculous does that sound? That snakes are fighting because of their color, and genuinely, that's how ridiculous racism is. Yeah, Yeah. like I don't get it at all. Like, there's no no basis for it at all. Yeah, there's absolutely no basis, and it's so ridiculous. And it just needs fucking out of the game, out of the world. It's just pointless. It's so pointless. Yeah, it pisses me off big time. Like. I'm going to get I'm going to get heated yeah, about it. It so pisses yeah. me off, especially yeah. like how it, fucking it makes your blood boil. It absolutely makes your blood boil, and it makes your blood boil that that more wasn't done. Yeah, and that yeah, and that it and that it's still happening. I mean, the fact it's still happening is yeah, it's unfathomable. It's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, on on that boy, 
Uh, on that note, boys, we'll uh, we'll move on to our guest for the episode. This segment is sponsored by Ice Sports Caledonia, the exclusive importers of Fisher ice hockey equipment for the north of Scotland. Check them out on Facebook at Ice Sports Caledonia. With the web shop coming soon. Enjoy the interview. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Diving into the salad bowl with us today, we have a guy that some may think is already a diver and should have speedos on. <laughs> what a week to have him on. <laughs> Welcome to the Show Me Potato Salad podcast, Martin Boyle. How are we getting on? Cheers, mate. I'm trying to keep my head low now. <laughs> uh, called me straight out on that. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm good. I'm I was good. Loving, Thanks for inviting me on. I was loving to see that. It couldn't, it couldn't have worked out a more perfect time. I heard the comments. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Which I think everyone's just jumping on at the moment. That's what it is. Yeah. We've got the three points. So I'm not really bothered. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Th- in fairness, the penalty, I don't think it was, if I'm honest. Two stone wallers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, first question here is from a listener. You'll remember this name from Scott Whelan, and he's asked he's asked how much of an influence he was in your Montrose career. He said he was instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> if I hanged about with him anymore, I, I would have probably not be a professional football player. <laughs> That's where my life was going with him. <laughs> I think you made the right choice. Ah, I did. I had to. I had to <laughs> stick around with the right crowd. Yeah, you, you done something right. <laughs> so, My Martin, God. when when we get when we get guests on, we kind of like to take it kind of back to the start. Um, when you were a kid, was football kind of always the forefront of what your interests were, or was there any other sports that kind of grabbed your attention when you were growing up? I think football was everything for when I was growing up. Um, I mean, growing up in the streets in Arfield, that's all that we used to do, apart from pelting windows with snowballs. <laughs> uh, but I think just because my two brothers were were into football, my dad loved football, and everybody around me loved football, and that's all I really knew, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, I think I remember just going back to school every day, mum giving me in trouble going out in the, the Quarry Hill, grey jumper on, with the loafers <laughs> on, with 99 shot power, cars. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that was it was it was the best days and I think if you look around now you, you kind of miss days like that because you don't see a lot of kids doing it. Yeah, definitely. There's nobody there's nobody out kicking the ball about and no ball game signs getting smashed about and there's parks nowadays that are not getting done and um it's a shame but like you say it's it's a different society we live in and you know we could we could always look back and have memories like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was the best of times. It was definitely the best of times. A game of World Cup with your pals. That was amazing. Yeah, could be. Until you get knocked down, you, just... <laughs> you, 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 you take your football home. You're like, that's my ball. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> supper's ready. I'm pissing off now. <laughs> About green space and some jumpers, and you're good to go. Uh, you could, you could make it work with anything. I mean, next to busy roads and that, and obviously when your ball went under. You always see the memes nowadays where the, when your, your ball goes under the car and you've got to go under it. It's a nightmare, but nah, it's honestly um, reminiscing of days like that. It was, they were the best times. So it's always a joy nowadays when you actually see a ball come on the road because it's that so rare. 
I've never seen that happen, but I'd definitely try to run it over. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a few of my balls getting smashed about under the 59 bus at Northfield. <laughs> so that's funny. <laughs> anyway, so I know, well, I've seen you in certain videos and whatnot. You're a bit of a, a joker and all this stuff in the team. You like a good laugh, good prank. And I remember one of the first encounters I had with you, Martin, was in the Montrose first team. And I can't remember what it was. You lost, I don't know, one of those things where you lose the drill and you have to do like a forfeit. And I remember, I can't remember what it was, but you lost anyway. And you had to sing a song and you, you sang, uh, what was it? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And it was one of the most genius things ever. So I remember always shitting myself if it came to that. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to sing. I'm going to have to sing. And then you came up with this. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And everyone's like, no, that's cheating, that's cheating. You can't do that. But it was honestly the most genius thing I've seen. Song's a song, mate. At the end of the day, a song yeah. is a song. <laughs> it's one of the most famous songs in the planet. So I'm well in my right to sing that. It was absolutely um, genius. And but, you need uh, people to jump in as well to make you feel exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was amazing. But um, so what's obviously now, now you've had a, a decent enough career, what's some of the best pranks you've either done or seen in amongst the team? <sighs> There's been a few. There's been some wild ones. I've done a few myself. I've done a recent one with COVID with assistant manager at Hibs. Um, so... Basically, I live in Edinburgh now, but he knows I like to travel up to Aberdeen. So kind of when the restrictions were, were shutting down. Um, so it was a Tuesday because we get Wednesdays off. So I phoned him. And that was when Aberdeen went into the, the, their own lockdown. So basically, uh, like when the Aberdeen players went out and stuff like that, so Aberdeen went into lockdown. So I, I phoned him and I was like, look, mate, I won't be able to get back down. Um I'm locked in Aberdeen, the police have barricaded in, you know, like the bubble out of Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they've, they've, um, so he thinks that we're barricaded in, and I've, I've phoned him and texted him, and he was like, how am I supposed to tell the manager? And he's like, are you being serious? I was like, I'll be serious, mate. He's like, look, you need to try, like, sneak around, like, the fields and that and get out. And I was like, mate, I honestly can't. So I was pretending like I was driving about my car, and he was like, oh, you're joking. So I had to quickly Google like a road that was barricaded off by police and make it look like I sent it. <laughs> so I sent him that. So he actually thought I was stuck in Aberdeen. <laughs> so he was like phoning the manager. He was, he was shitting himself and he's like, oh my God. Like, because he thought I was quarantined for 10 days and I couldn't get out. <laughs> so he's like, look, boy, boy, we can't play on Saturday um, and all that. So the manager and all that were trying to phone like the director of the football club to phone Nicola Sturgeon and that try to get me out and then the assistant manager said that he would even drive up at nine o'clock at night when it's dark to Don't come pick me up so I said yeah right I'll jump in the field and I'll put in camouflage gear so this went on all day and he was crapping himself but it finally got to the point where he got his car and the manager had to tell him he was like wait you can't, you can't go up there. You can't just leave your wife and kids to go collect this guy. So it went on for ages. Honestly, I couldn't believe it, but I was just stuck in the middle. Like he thought there was like one road out of Aberdeen. It was amazing. But also, I had the, the assistant manager on strings. <laughs> so how did you? How did you uh, thing it to him? How did you give up the ghost? 
Well, obviously, I, everybody kind of knew apart from him <laughs> by the end because because I had the, like the chairman and that phone me like, oh, "Are you seriously stuck?" And I was like, "No, I'm just joking." But he was panicking, and the manager was telling him because he knew the joke. He was like, "Look, you better sort it now." You told him that he could go home and stuff. So he was crapping himself. And he was, honestly, he's trying, he's trying to get, get up and get me. Uh, but honestly, yeah. by the time it got to nine o'clock, he was going to jump in his car. But the manager finally told him, he was like, look, you can't drive three hours up to Aberdeen. It's a joke. <laughs> because imagine he drove up to Aberdeen. <laughs> and I'm down there. Oh, and I told him I was joking. <laughs> so, but I was fully committed. I wanted him up there. I wanted it to keep going. But somebody told him. Oh, that's so, funny. It's even better that the chairman and the manager's involved. It's even better. Oh, so the manager was <laughs> raging at the start. Um, but then obviously you got the joke in that. But nah, they were trying to email Sturgeon and stuff like that, see how you get the exemption. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Oh, that's so good. That's amazing. Uh, Martin, before we ask some more serious questions about your uh, career and then moving on to football, what's some of the most impressive stadiums you've played in along the way? Um, well, probably Sally Park and Ibrox are, are standouts. Um, just I think because of the atmosphere, you know, there's sixty thousand odd fans just giving you your death and abuse. It's great. <laughs> it's honestly it's great, but at the same time, it's absolute nerve wracking. Um, I think just the atmosphere kind of scares the shit out of most people. Um, I mean, luckily I was kind of when I was starting in these games, I was near enough. Uh, a senior pro um, but I would not like to be a young boy coming through <laughs> but then that separates the young players from the you know from that will separate them from, from having great careers or not I mean if they can handle um, stadiums and atmospheres like that then, then fair play to them but at the same time when I was I was going through I still get nervous I mean Ibrox is just scary it's just the scariest place in there um, <laughs> obviously Tyne Castle is great um, it's quite close in so like the fans like if you walk off you're straight into the fans yeah um which is which is good but the atmosphere is great and easter road's good um i can't say i've played in a lot of english stadiums just by going down watching games um so i can't really tell you much about playing in them um but there was one in australia when i made my debut um against south korea and brisbane i think it was like a, a 90,000 seater stadium we filled it we filled it um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. And obviously, speaking of shite myself, obviously making my debut, <laughs> a sweet Scottish guy coming on in the 20 degree heat, frazzled. <laughs> it was, uh, it was nerve wracking, but at the same time, it was, it was a moment that I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah. Then speaking of that a bit, sort of back to uh, uh, kind of your own, your own team into Hibs. So there's a, there's a bit of a dynamic going on in your household because you're married to a, your wife's also a footballer as well with Hibs, isn't she? Um, yeah. Did you meet her through Hibs or how did that sort of come about? So we actually went to the same school. Um, but she was a year or two older. I think she was two maybe. Um, but I always remember because like you say, when we went back, she was the only last in school that played football. So we always knew of her and, and if we tried to, if my age group tried to play with them, we'd always get our, our pants pulled in and battered and, and stuff like that. We'd always, she'd always be too good for us and stuff like that. But I always knew of her. But obviously, look at, it was funny because there was a, a couple of years ago, looking back, there was, remember Champion Street, the, yeah, the yeah, festival? Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there was actually a photo that we actually played in the same team and we didn't even know. 
So there's a photo oh, like yeah, so we didn't even know. Um so that's quite cool. Um but yeah, we, we obviously we went to the same school, didn't speak to it much, but um I think it was just meeting at a friend's party and it kinda kicked off. Met at the bar, spoke about football. Have <laughs> that. <was it. laughs> Happy days. Following on from that a bit, how does it both work with you both competing at the highest level in Scotland? And the fact that you've got a wee girl now as well, does it make it a bit more difficult raising a kid and playing at such a high level? Um, I think it's good. Um, obviously, we, we've both got ambitions of playing football and, and obviously we have a little one that's, that's amazing. It could take maybe... If, if we both have bad games at the weekend, we can be distracted by coming home with a little one. Obviously, she's grown up now and I've missed a penalty recently and she's decided to call me rubbish. So that's the joy of talking two-year-old now, which is brilliant. Um, but, you know, it's I think it's it's, it's brilliant um, for what we've, we've kind of both achieved coming, coming from the other that we have. Um, obviously, both internationally as well and she's she's got a lot more caps than me, but in terms of obviously having a baby and coming back to competitive sport, how quickly she did as well was was an unbelievable um, thing. I think because we got married and she wanted to fit in the dress, kind of helped along the way, um, <laughs> kind of spurred it on. But it was um, yeah, it's it's brilliant. It's it's obviously demanding, but obviously it was it's challenging this year because we can't take the little one along to games and we can't watch each other's games. So kind of just after the weekends are kind of daddy daycare and mummy daycare and we just <laughs> a park it is um, but you know she's got all the football strips and, and a lot of long loves it um, so yeah obviously it's it's, it's great no complaints well, I've seen I've seen that did she, did she come back within eight months and she won a trophy as well is that right I think it was six to seven months she came back in and then she won the league cup Jesus. I think it was the league oh. cup um, yeah so it's so obviously Brilliant, um, and then she she was she was never thought she'd get back into Scotland squad again. And so cr- full credit to her, she she came back and she's been playing brilliant, and she got international recognition again. And she thinks being last three squads, so fair yes, play, it's great. Um, obviously, I don't know how tough it is to come back from pregnancy. I can't speak for myself, but obviously <laughs> seeing it seeing it firsthand, it was obviously it was challenging for her, and you know, it's obviously dealing with the baby as well. It can be a, it can be draining, but. She obviously she had it in her sights and she was determined and she overcame it. I'm not saying that she's the only one to have a baby and go back to playing football. But <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's still good that the level she's playing at and stuff. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's impressive. Well. It is impressive. Yeah. With you both obviously playing at a professional level, is it quite a competitive household um, that you live in or is it kind of mellowed or what's it like? Oh, yeah, very, very competitive. Yeah, like everyone we do is competitive. I remember like seven years ago, we actually had a joke saying like, we'll go up to Shedex and we'll play crossbar challenge. She should beat me. And I swear to God, I honestly never heard the end of it. It always gets mentioned. Um, but no, like everyone, even if like, if we went bowling or something stupid, mini golf, it would just turn into a competition. It'd be ridiculous. Um Obviously, keeping scores from goals and that, and <laughs> she scored a lot more goals than me. So I have finally, finally got my finger out and started scoring goals. So <laughs> I think the next one, international caps. I don't think I'll catch her on that, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Obviously, it's having a football family. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. You can come back on a Saturday night and you 
can put match of the day on with no complaints. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> that's, that's always good. And, and it's obviously it's, she knows everyone that's going on, so it's it's perfect. Awesome. You, you touched you touched on it there, Martin, about uh, international caps. So you obviously made your debut for Australia back in 2018. So I've got a, a couple of questions about this. One, how mad was it even, like, because I've seen some of the photos, they look absolutely incredible. And also, how, how does that come about? I've always kind of been curious, no, obviously players that aren't actually born in the country. How does it all come about? Do they approach you? How's does how does it all work? Um, so I'll reverse the questions. I'll start for the second one. Um, <laughs> so I always knew my dad was born from Australia. Um, okay. And we always spoke about like, oh, do you think you could ever play through the years? And we were like, nah, it's impossible. What do you do? Do you just, what, do we just fucking email them or do we phone them? Hi, <laughs> My son slide out the DMs, you know, yeah, like, like, all right, guys. Yeah. We always, so I always knew my eligibility, but at the same time, obviously, I was Scottish. And, but I did, honestly, international career was never the back of my mind. It was just playing football. Um, but luckily enough, we had two we had two Australian internationals playing with Jamie McLaren and Mark Milligan. And Mark was the captain. Um, so they were doing well, and the Australian manager came over um, to watch training. One week, um, and basically, they they knew that I was like I had Australian dad, just a banner and stuff like that. It was actually just a joke. Like, yeah. then the manager came in and he was like, "Like, do you fancy coming along to a camp?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, go on then." <laughs> like, I, mean, I was just taking, I was, like, I was just taking a piss with the boys. I mean, uh, and he's like, "Do you fancy?" He's like, "Just basically see how you get along, see see if you enjoy it, see how you fit in with the group." Um, kind of things like that, and I was like, "Yeah, go on then." It's ten days in Dubai, yeah, yeah, cracking. You know, if, <laughs> if, if I'm shite, then I'm cracking me trip. But, <laughs> but no, it was, like, <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was still um, it was brilliant. Obviously, my family were proud, and obviously it was it was it was a special moment. But at the same time, by the time I got that meeting, I had Alex McQueen phoning me for Scotland, oh, which fuck. was uh, which was funny. Um, so. I think it was. It wasn't anything serious. It was basically just saying, "Keep doing what I was doing, etc." And but I'm in the basically the limelight, and I'm not being forgotten, etc. Um, and obviously by then I already agreed to go along to the Australia camp and um, and obviously see how it was. So I did. I flew along. Um, it was hot. I got off the flight, and I was like, "I cannot train in this." Like, I don't know how anyone plays sport in that temperature. It was like, yeah. twi- I don't think it was even that hot, but we trained at night and I was like, this is ridiculous. And they guys are like, look, you have no idea some of the places we have to go. Like, obviously Kuwait and all that, and it's like Jesus. 40 degree heat and stuff. And I was like, mate, honestly, 10 degrees in Aberdeen, I'm struggling. <laughs> this is a joke. That's short and t-shirt weather. <laughs> like, I was doing the warm up and I was panting and the boys are like asking if I was all right. And it was, it was just mayhem. But luckily enough, I've, I went along, I was myself, I wasn't shy and kind of fitted in perfect. Um, obviously, it must have impressed if they asked me back again. It kind of escalated to there where they fast-tracked me um, basically residency in Australia, passports and that. And for them to do that, allowed me to make my debut this following month against Lebanon and South Korea. Um, so obviously, he was saying that I would, I would make my debut in front of home soil and um, by then I was like 
oh, for fuck's sake, I've not even, I've never been to Australia. So, <laughs> like, I don't know how I'm going, I don't know how people will react about me. So, um, obviously, I haven't been brought through like the systems over there, which is, which has not been ideal. And obviously, people might not like me. So, it's kind of like all that at the back of my mind. And that was challenging, but thankfully enough, I had two good games and I kind of showed them what I was, what I was capable of and I haven't looked back. Yeah, it's been good to see. With the with you kind of touching there, saying Alex McLeish um, had phoned you up, if the rules were to to allow you, and Scotland came knocking on your door just now, would you jump from Australia to play for Scotland, or would you carry on playing for Australia? Well, fun enough because the two games were friendlies. That doesn't mean I made a. That doesn't mean I made a perfect like a professional debut a competitive for, game. Yeah, yeah. So then I played another friend against the man. And then another game. And then I got called up to the Asia Cup where I'd done my knee, but I still hadn't played a competitive game. So was, therefore, when I came back from injury, I was still eligible to play for Scotland. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but everyone knew that and that, like it was kind of speculation and stuff like that. But I had always said that like because I went on that 10 days, I, I was committed. Like so yeah. that 10 days could have been me. Like they could yeah. have went, like, we've seen enough never come back or whatever I don't think they put it like that but but yeah I think that would be me I was like nah I think maybe going back in the world and stuff like that was, would have been would have been thingy but even a couple of years ago I, I, I could have made my, my debut against Mexico and Peru um, I'd done my hammy at the end of the season and Scotland did it no and they tried to call me up uh, when a lot of the boys pulled out so I mean, things like this work out. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't look back and I don't, I don't regret any decision. And you know, I'm, I'm happy with the, the commitment I've made. Yeah, awesome. I suppose they've they've put, like you say, they put a good bit of faith in you as well, didn't they? Getting your passport through and all this stuff. They've, I suppose you you probably feel that you, you have to give a little kip, commitment to them as well. Yeah, I mean, for what they've done is is incredible. Um, Family's extremely proud. I'm like proud, and like I say, I could have went over there had a disaster. That would have been me, but at the end of the day, I would have been happy that I was on the list to be called up. Mm-hmm. I mean, coming on for the first two minutes, the first ever minutes I had, and I, I threw my hands up in the air and I caught the guy in the face. <laughs> and, there, and it was the first ever time they've used VAR. Oh, and I almost got, so I almost got sent off. <laughs> um, so that could have ended completely different. Yeah, luckily I got a book in, it was accidental, but I mean, just little things like that, but. At the same time, I've been unfortunately lucky on one end, but then by the time I got called into like the Asia Cup, which is like the their Euros, yeah. By the time the first game in the came, about I'd, I'd done my knee, and um, <sighs> so therefore I had to pull out and I had to miss a year of football. So there's <laughs> it's good things and bad things, but um, <laughs> that's that's another thing. I've obviously came back from injury, done it again, and so that's that's obviously different questions, but at the same time. Um, that's that's what's happened. So, so cool. obviously through through your career, you've played with some some you know incredible players and things. Um, I've got a, a wee list of players here. You can tell I'm not a, a big football guy here, but I've been <laughs> listening. <to, laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just doubt myself. And uh, so you can kind of play with guys like John McKinn, um, Tim Cahill. Who are some of the players that stand out that you've played either with or against? Also, John McGinn stands out. A phenomenal player. That season we finished fourth 
and we brought the points tally for him was, was incredible for what we achieved. I mean, he was like two men on the park. The way he ran around like a wee headless chicken, but he had the ability <laughs> to back it up. He was two-footed. He was obviously an incredible athlete and he had he had the end product as well. And he further went, um, deserved his move to Aston Villa. And you can always see what he's achieved now um, in the Premier League. Um, obviously, obviously, I only played 20 minutes with Tim Cahill, but obviously being in his presence and obviously what he's achieved, um, this is incredible. Um, even looking at Tom Rogic, I've played against him and I've played with him. Um, I think because he's about six foot six, and you have no idea how this guy can play football. <laughs> he's just incredible. I don't know how he's so big and he can keep the ball at his feet like that. It's it's, it's incredible. Um, I mean, it's astonishing. He's an unbelievable talent, and you know he's he's a wee magician, well, big magician, sorry. Um, <laughs> but also, I've been lucky. I uh, played against Van Dyke. Um, when I was at Dundee, so that was didn't really end well for us. Um, but it was good to just it was just good to be on. The, I can always say that I was on the pitch well uh, before he, he kind of took off. Um, Tierney, I always had great battles with him. Obviously, ones that didn't come out and talk, but at the same time, it was fantastic. And you know, he's moved on to pursue an unbelievable career. And, yeah, I think as well Andy Robertson as well. I think when I was, I remember a flashback from like 2012. I was playing for Montrose at Hamden, and he played for Queens Park, and it, <laughs> they were, it showed you the lineups, and it was obviously a, it was a one nil game or two one I think, and I scored the winner. And then you look back and you're like, this guy's done <laughs> a Premier League, a Champions League. He's a Scotland captain. <laughs> it's like it's incredible. Also the rise that he's done. It's you know, it's uh, yeah. You can look look back at things like that. Just, uh, you always get the better of him. <laughs> Taking always, the ball. Yes. <laughs> with uh with you touching a bit earlier before we kind of came on the interview, you were saying there's only a couple of games left in this season to go. How how strange has this season been playing in empty stadiums? Obviously, you're used to playing in front of thousands of people every week, and it's now like your coach and the manager is just sitting on the sidelines. What's what's that kind of like? Obviously, because it's near the end of the season, we're, we're used to it, but it's it was crazy. Like, the start was crazy. Um, I mean, I remember the first game of the season. Thankfully, I scored two goals. We won 2-1. But, so I, I scored the first goal, and then you had the fake crowd noises. So by the time <laughs> the ball hit the net, I had already celebrated. We were back on the halfway line, and then the fan like the fake noises were like <laughs> so, so, I always so, wondered if they actually played that in the stadium or if it was just for the TV like that yeah, so, yeah. so delayed it was, it, was, it was incredible we were like oh, what um, <laughs> some stadiums have it it's obviously Celtic Park there's as there's as loud as they've got like the green brigade and all that singing and Jesus. It's, it's, it's banging it's, it's good but at the same time it's not the same it's not like yeah. I mean scoring a goal it's not Obviously, scoring the goals are thrill, it's buzz, but at the same time, you're looking up to crowds and you're like, yeah. It's not like the same as having your family or what one yeah. did, or obviously the just like the cheers and stuff. I mean, some people, some people might obviously need that to spark like something in a game, like if they, if they need to do something good and then they get the, the, the crowd on their back and then boom, maybe a confidence booster, but at the same time, some people might might prefer it. <laughs> getting pelters. Um, I, I, sure feel, different. 
I almost feel that that's probably helped some teams and hindered some teams not having the fans there. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Um, like, like you say, there's, there might be games that, that we need the fans and there might be games that we don't need the fans, etc. But at Easter Road, we've always needed the fans to back us. But thankfully, we've, we've had a decent season, obviously. <laughs> it's a, it's, if we can finish forward for the first time in like 20-odd years, it'd be a shame that they can't be there to celebrate. But yeah. At the same time, there's there's been bigger things that have happened, like Liverpool won the league after twenty odd years, and there's no been fans and and stuff. But at the same time, I think everyone's just getting on. I think because we're in such a privileged position where we can do our jobs, like we are getting this special permission to play football, and and if fans can't come, even if like if football got banned, then what else are people going to do in the weekends? Like just sit in the house and. Watch songs of praise and stuff like that. I mean, that would be. I mean, that would be mental health problems all over the place. So we are in a privileged position where we can put a bit of excitement on people's faces, and not maybe not every weekend. We could ruin a few weekends, but frankly, <laughs> we've been doing all right this season. Um, but yeah, it's it's been crazy this year. Um, like you say, but at the same time, we've, we've just been getting on with. Yeah. So I'm gonna jump a bit into the future here and just going to ask you see it's a, a long long way away but once your career is over do you see yourself going down the coaching route or where do you see yourself after football's kind of finished with I think I'd make a cracking kit man <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd just you want at hockey if you want to come and join up like. just chill out uh, just, just chill out nothing too serious just have a good time fold a few kits get to know the players and all that and but at the watch same game. time, I watch the game, just chill out, just try to be a laugh and a joke. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 28 next month. Um, but yeah, I think there's going to come a time where I have to sit down and think about doing my coaching badges um, and stuff like that. But I know when I do my coaching badges, I know myself that, oh no. It's coming. It's coming an end here. <laughs> <You know. laughs> it's just, it's just, it's kicking in. Um, so obviously, I'm just trying to stay as young as I can and, and not think about it. But there will be a, obviously it'll take time. But I think I'm still learning a little bit of the game and I'm enjoying it just now. I think maybe in a few years I'd like to go down that coaching route um, and get the badges and obviously share some some information that I've. I've got in this pea brain to, to other little kids and hopefully can help a few, <laughs> a few, a few people along the way. Right, Martin, it's it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I remember you making your Montrose debut against Hibs way back in the day and me getting chucked in the stands because you took my spot. <laughs> so some, 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 may, some may say the roles would have been reversed, but... <laughs> But I, no, I don't, it's. I, I don't think I touched the ball that game. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's it's been a pleasure seeing you uh, develop and grow and become the the pro you are. And we wish you all the best with the the rest of the season. And hopefully, there's there's some more international appearances to come. What's up, man? Thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. Yeah, yeah it's been Join awesome. us. Cheers, man. Thanks Thanks for joining us, man. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Big thanks to Martin Boyle for coming on the show. It was a, that was a big reel, big fish, big fish. Nah, big that fish. was a oh, big, big shoe, fish. big shoe. 
Big fish, he likes to dive. See, big fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was really good of him to come on. It was it was a funny chat. The the uh, the story the story about him the COVID story the, oh, the COVID the story with an assistant manager. <laughs> oh my god, I've, I've told mental. I've told so many people that story already. How that's deep that went as well. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's a lot it's, of hassle. It's the commitment it's he commitment, had as well. It's commitment is <laughs> it's commitment second to none. Second, yeah. hell on. So the fact that he actually wanted to go fully through with it for the fucking coach to drive all the way to Aberdeen and he was like, I'm not there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you could imagine if someone in our team done that at all. Okay. I'd someone, be like, all right. Someone would cry. Someone <laughs> would cry. You get more fair Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Fraser's coming out of two hand the fuck out of you. <laughs> but no, it was, it was good to get like some stories and then even like obviously we spoke about his uh him and his wife and their kind of the dynamic uh it's mm-hmm. such a it's obviously such a strange dynamic. A strange one like the fact that both of them play for hibs and both of them are so like high in their profession yeah. as well and yeah. they've got they're dealing with that and dealing with Daughter. raising a family and all this stuff yeah. is pretty impressive um, yeah I, I know what like it is having to raise a daughter <laughs> Fuck, I struggle to get out of the bed in the morning. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind play professional football. Fuck. But yeah, fair play. Fair play. Yeah, no, it was good. Well, you know what time it is, boys? Salad dressing. So for game of the week this week, we have Junior. Uh, this week, I'm going to go for Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy. Uh, 3D platforming game. Everybody knows what Crash Bandicoot is. It's an old classic from oh, a so lot of folks' childhoods. So. Yeah, um, I, that was the first game that I ever played was Crash Bandicoot on the PS2. Uh, this one is the remake of Crash Bandicoot 1, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, and Crash Bandicoot Wrapped. Uh, it's just good fun. It makes you kind of relive your childhood and it's nostalgia. It's and it's good to now to mix in a drinking game with it that's what we it's good fun unless you're Alan Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just it's fun to kind of go back and relive the games that you played when you were young it's pretty good it's pretty good with these remakes as well being able to get like all three in one yeah mm-hmm. yeah rather than for the like, price of one you get game some remakes are just one yeah it's the same with that like Tony Hawk came out recently. You got one yeah, and two. It's, it's decent. It's decent to get that because obviously there were smallish games back in the yeah. day. And now you've got much more space to actually play them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then for movie or series of the week, we have Jordan. No, we don't. Today, Junior. This one. It's not like you, Keith. It's not like you. It's very, very rare. I've lost my words. <laughs> so we have we have loopy (laughs) yeah you have me so um i'm gonna go with a series a mini series 10 part that i've just finished watching yesterday it's called your honor um and it's on sky atlantic um it's brian cranston and he is kind of like the main character he's a judge and try and try to think of a way to like tell he's about but not kind of give it away so basically Brian Cranston is a judge. There is a drug family with a kingpin. Um, There is a hit and run death. And there is also like a a, a gang from like a kind of low life neighborhood in in America. And after the hit and run, stuff goes through court and 
there's a lot there's a couple of deaths and and stuff like that trying like try not give too much away because <laughs> yeah. it it's, sounds, it's quite fair, a I've tight storyline so mm. it's like if i tell you the main part it just fucking ruins the whole thing yeah so because in 10 episodes they've got to cover a lot of ground yeah yeah how long yeah. Are the episodes like an hour an hour and a half um an hour an hour or an hour long episodes we've literally just sat and binge watched it like a couple of episodes <laughs> i've seen the trailer for it it looks really good it is phenomenal and yeah. i'm gonna brian say Cranston, it's kind of hard to go wrong with brian Cranston's yeah. acting in this is better than what it was in um breaking bad oh he's gone out there with it he's it's gone a big out shout. It's a big shout Big, yeah. big show. Well, he, was, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for this. For this one. He was nominated yeah. for a fucking Oscar for fucking Breaking Bad. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Loopy ain't on the panel for this. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. So that'll uh, bring us on to Album of the Week with Jordan. So this week I am going with a band called We Were Promised Jetpacks and the album is These Four Walls. So this came out in 2009, I believe. Yep. And honestly, from start to finish, I absolutely love this album, like tune after tune. And if I'm honest, I went pretty bold with it. If you listen to some of the songs, I think the, the song on it called Keep It Warm, it's about seven, eight minutes long. And it's like a kind of, the introduction to it's really long. But as a song, it's unbelievable i remember going to see them at tea in the park our boy uh, fraser fraser mckechen introduced me to them at tea in the park he just said like oh this band they're playing in the what was it one of the smaller tents what were they called fuck it, it was uh, oh tea break, possibly it was possibly a tea break i think and he said oh come a lot like it was one of those points knowing the day where like you're in two minds you're like oh where will we go we've not really got anyone in mind Fraser gives us a shout, says, oh, you need to come see this band. Went and seen them, loved them ever since. But this kind of, they kind of, I think, kind of paved the way for the likes of your father, son and stuff. Mm -hmm. These kind of indie Scottish bands. Obviously, you've got, um, what do you call them? Glass Vegas. No, not even Glass Vegas. The View. The band that we love. Atlantic. No. I was just trying to think of Scottish bands So I've actually got it written here They kind of did pave the way for the likes of your father's son Twin Atlantic and Prides th- Those sort of indie Scottish bands I think we were promised jetpacks And like Frightened Rabbit, Las Vegas All kind of paved the way for these other Scottish bands to make just it Smaller indie Scottish yeah, bands smaller, Yeah, smaller, all of them are ace But no, this album Start to finish, great, great album. To be fair, I only came across them maybe like two, three months ago. Um, just on the off chance, knowing Spotify throws a curveball at you. Yeah. And I've gone back and listened to a couple of their albums, and these four walls, like you say, it's just banger after banger. It's such an yeah. easy listen, and they're all bouncy as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never heard of them, but I'll I'd never heard of them. Definitely, until you be guys mentioned me. They're so honestly, they're so like. They, they probably are pretty kind of similar-ish to Father Son, but I think they've just got a bit more of an upbeat pace mm-hmm. to the, their songs. Mm-hmm. But they're, I think they're pretty big in like America, especially I think Philadelphia. I, I find that weird right. that you see that with a lot of smaller Scottish bands. Like big well, they in were, America and I'm like... One of their songs, I can't remember what one, but it was in the, uh, it was in the movie... What's the fake chair movie, Keith? What's that? Oh, Hall Pass. Uh, Hall Pass. Hall Pass. I remember, I, remember going, I remember going to see Hall Pass in the cinema and we were promised jetpacks came on and I got all excited. 
I can't believe I remembered Hall Pass out of fake chair, but <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, that's absolutely ended me. <laughs> What's that fake chair movie? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, moving on. <laughs> We've got our final segment. We've got the rest of the week, uh, which I'll be taking. Um, so this week I've gone for eight eight four eight. Uh, it's a Nepalese restaurant. It's uh, it's on Union Street, just a couple of doors up from Seoul. Um, oh. And so it's kind of like it's it's almost like a bit of an infusion between like Indian classic Indian sort of restaurant cooking and Nepalese sort of vibes. And there's a bit of a mixture of both in there. And the food is it's absolutely unreal. Like if you like your curries, if you like stuff like that. You'll absolutely love this place. Uh, I've not had a bad thing out of it yet. Um, yeah, very impressed with them. So 8848 Union Street, and they are open currently as well for deliveries and things oh, like as well. So yeah, they yeah. Own it. Um, so support local and get yourselves involved and have some good grub. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. I just noticed that as well, while we're on support local, our restaurant of the week from the other week, Maggie's Grill, they've just opened up again for oh, have stuff Ooh. as well. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. That is oh. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Get on that shit. Get on that oh. shit. Here's hoping soon, though. Here's hoping. Sorry, Keith, but here's no, no, fine. Um, I can see the I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Actually, yeah. go out yeah. and enjoy a meal. Yeah. yeah, I can see the light. We're getting there. We're getting there. Fingers crossed. Mm. Right, guys. I think that rounds up today's podcast. Yes, it does. Agreed. Catch you all for episode eight when we'll be sitting down with professional dancers Sarah Skillings and Ashley McCarthy. Lovies and leaves. Catch you all. Bye.